Good morning. Welcome to our online service this morning here at Silver Creek Church in Marquette, Michigan. My name's Pastor Kevin Taylor. It's really a joy to be with you. I hope that you had a wonderful Christmas day with your family, and we're glad that we can come to you through our church online platform and be able to still have church together but allow people to spend time with their families Thank you for tuning in with us. Thank you for joining us today. We hope that you're having a wonderful time with your family. As you no doubt heard from our staff as we shared a moment ago in the video that you saw, really we we love the idea of family Christmas. We've been in a series of messages about Christmas traditions, and today I want to talk about the tradition of having a family Christmas. And when we look at the the things that we love most about family Christmas, the best part of it, we'd have to say, literally, it's just family, being with our family. But then if we had to ask ourselves, what's really the worst part of family Christmases? It might also be the same answer, family. Jim Butcher, who's an author, said this, there's nothing that makes you more insane than family or more happy, or more exasperated, or more secure. I think some of you really experienced this dynamic in the last 24 hours as you gathered together with different members from your family, and they probably made you feel a little bit insane. They probably made you a little bit happy, a little bit exasperated, and a whole lot of secure. Well, As we get into our message today, I just want to share with you, first of all, that it takes a family to have a family Christmas. I want to talk for a second about the the idea of the foundation of the family and, and what makes a family Christmas possible. Have you ever thought, ever wondered What makes this this idea of family Christmas even possible? It really comes down to a relationship. And for most of us, that relationship was probably our grandparents. And then from our grandparents, it moved to our parents. But it was these relationships that provided the structure for our families, I can remember my earliest memories of family Christmas, whether it was at my grandparents' house or whether it was at my house when, when much of our family would gather, you, you realize that it's those members of your family, your grandparents, your parents, that really provide that foundation. You say, how is this even possible? Where did this all start? I'd like to share with you just a couple of thoughts that I share with couples on their wedding day when I'm asked to do a wedding ceremony. And that is this, that God ordains marriage and thus he also ordains the family. We read about this and and we read exactly the same verse quoted in, in the book of Exodus at creation. It's quoted again by Jesus in the Gospels And the apostle Paul writes it to the churches when he says in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 31, for this reason, a man will leave his father and his mother and be united to his wife. The two will become one flesh. So in other words, as we grow and as we get ready to leave the home, we are leaving 
in essence, one God-ordained family relationship, and then we are stepping out, and when we get married, we are moving into another uh, family that is ordained by God. In Matthew chapter 19, verse 6, Jesus says this, So they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no one separate. Out of two individual lives comes this, this new entity, this new, this new thing that did not exist before. And that new entity then becomes the basis of a family. And that husband and that wife, they begin to experience the blessings that come from this marriage covenant that was created by God. And out of that blessing, out of that covenant, grows the entire family. And ultimately, that family Christmas tradition that we love so much flows out of those relationships. Now, the Bible talks extensively about those relationships. So let me just go through a few of them. I think that it will be beneficial for all of us. The first one that I want to touch on is the relationship of the husband uh, and the father. And as I, as I think about that relationship in, in relation to Christmas, I have to say that probably, <clears throat> guys, we are guilty of maybe being the, the Scrooges of our family a little more than other people. So families, please forgive us. We're sorry about that. Uh, but that is sometimes the reality uh, of, of who we are. But the Apostle Paul, he delivers to us in the book of Ephesians uh, this plan that God has for this relationship of uh, husbands and fathers. Look at Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25. He writes this, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. How did Jesus love the church? Jesus loved the church by coming to earth, by being that that child in the manger, laying aside his deity, living a sinless life, dying on the cross for my sins and for your sins. Jesus loved us with a sacrificial love. Husbands, we are called by God to love our wives and thereby our family with a sacrificial type of love. Let me go on to uh, verse 23 of Ephesians 5, a couple verses earlier where it says, For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church, his body, of which he is the Savior. Now, if I'm to be honest, this would be the point in the wedding ceremony where I might often hear an audible gasp from one of the, uh, the people that are in attendance at the wedding because they don't understand that this position of husband, this position of father, it is a leadership position. It is one of sacrifice. It is one of commitment. And when we as husbands love our wives as Christ loved the church, if we love with a sense of sacrifice, with a sense of putting others first, with a sense of loving them the way that we love ourselves, it will be a healthy family dynamic. Secondly, we have this, this relationship of, of the wife. 
And I want to say, wives, uh, thank you very much. Moms, thank you very much for being the one who really is the purveyor of, of Christmas spirit at this time of year. We appreciate that so much, and we just want to say thank you. And I'm reminded of Proverbs chapter 18, verse 22, that says, He who finds a wife finds what is good and receives favor from the Lord. Let me break that down for just a little bit. What that scripture is saying is that when a man asks a woman to marry him and he marries her, he finds favor, he finds blessing that comes from God. This is something that if you ask anyone, would you like uh, would you like to experience favor from God? Would you like to have a blessing from God? Of course, we, we say we would want that. Absolutely. And when we find a wife, guys, that's what we have found. We have found favor and blessing from God. Let me go back to Ephesians chapter 5, verse 33. It says, however, each one of you also must love his wife as he loves himself. And the wife must respect her husband. You see, when a man loves a woman, that love will open up a wife's respect, the respect that she has for her husband. And when a wife respects her husband, that in turn fuels his love ultimately for her. And out of that love and that respect will flow the family dynamic that, that will lead to the place where, where we all want to be this time of year, that family Christmas tradition. You know that here in the U.S., only about 46% of children grow up in homes that their parents are married and are in their first marriage. We realize that the tradition of family is changing. And the dynamic of family Christmas also is changing with it. Let's talk for a minute about children and grandchildren. You know, our kids are so important in this dynamic of family Christmas. It just wouldn't feel the same without them. It's why we drive hours and hours to be with our kids or to be with our grandchildren. It's why we try to lay guilt trips on our kids to, in order for them to come home at the holidays because the holidays just would not seem the same without them. I want to read from uh, Psalm 127, starting at verse 3. It says, Children are a heritage from the Lord. Offspring are a reward from Him. Like arrows in the hands of a warrior are children born in one's youth. Blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. You know, our children do not come to us simply by a natural process. Rather, Children are part of God's reward of grace to you and I in this, this life of humanity. You know, those of us that, that have had grandkids, we have discovered that grandchildren are so great that if it were possible, we'd just skip right over the kids. What a blessing our grandchildren are to us. But our children are that same blessing, and the blessing of our children leads to the blessing of grandchildren. It was Desmond Tutu that said, you don't choose your family. They are God's gift. What an incredible gift that they are. 
They are God's gift to you, and you are to them. And our children and our grandchildren, they bring us blessing and comfort all year long. And it's something that, that really is, it, we, we love that idea of family. Even the black sheep of the family. I recall being at a birthday party years ago uh, for an Italian family when we lived in Pennsylvania. And I, I'll never forget, the aunts and uncles were there, cousins were there, great aunts and uncles, grandparents. The place was full of family. And I remember that as, the, as, as the, the party went on, all of a sudden the back gate of the, the backyard opened up and coming into the backyard was an individual that was a family member that I knew was the black sheep of that family. And I watched in amazement as all of the older people in the family got up and they went to that family member and they embraced that person, and they loved on that person, and they hugged him, and they told him how much they loved him. It was a beautiful sight to see, but when it comes to our family, even when there have been strained and stressed relationships, there is a love that we have, and we desire to pass along that idea of the tradition of family, and we do it day after day after day. Deuteronomy Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verse 7, it says, impress them on your children, speaking of the words uh, that we find in the law of Moses. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. You see, that's how we share things with our children just through the process of everyday life. And there are things that you want to continue to do with your children and your grandchildren at this time of year. And we pass those traditions along day by day, event by event, little by little. You know, the Bible says that regarding parents that we should honor our father and mother. The Bible says that a brother is born for a time of adversity. These relationships, the Bible is extremely serious about family relationships. Paul said to Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 8, anyone who does not provide for their relatives and especially for their own household has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. These relationships are relationships that have been ordained by God because marriage is ordained by God and these relationships flow out of those relationships. But you might say, how can something that's been ordained by God be so dysfunctional? You know, I think it's amazing that scripture uses the idea of family to give us a picture of the relationship within the church. Peter, in his first letter, 1 Peter 2, verse 17, it says that we should show proper respect to everyone and love the family of believers. The family of believers. And you might say to yourself, man, I come from a broken family. You might even hate the idea of a family Christmas. And so throughout this message, you're, you're doing nothing but stressing. People might have already said, you know what? I don't even want to listen to this because just the idea of a family Christmas is something that I just can't even imagine. 
Well, I want you to, to listen to this. I have some good news. God believes in adoption. And God has adopted you and he's offered to adopt me into his family. The second thing that I'd like to talk about is the idea of the blended family. Also known as the step family, the bonus family, and for some, the insta family. This is where kids are not biologically related to both of the spouses. It creates a whole new set of dynamics at Christmas. You have to deal with exes. You have to deal with custody issues, visitation rights. You have to deal sometimes not with one set of grandparents or two set of grandparents, but maybe four different sets of grandparents and each of them getting the time that they want with children for their family Christmas. The struggle to raise kids in this environment is very real. And if you are somebody that has a blended family, especially at this time of year, this might serve as a constant reminder of a former broken relationship that you had. You may be suffering with feelings of inadequacy. You may be frustrated beyond what you think you can even bear. You may feel a sense of guilt and the enemy takes that guilt and he tries to pound it down into you day after day after day with these thoughts. Well, I want to assure you that the Bible says that there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Your family Christmases may not be the Christmases that you envisioned because of the blended nature of your family. I want to direct your attention to the book of Matthew for a moment. Chapter 1, beginning at verse 18, the second half of the verse. And here's what it says. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. I'd like to talk to you for a moment about this family. You see, Mary and Joseph had a marital contract. But this marriage relationship had not yet been physically consummated. More than likely, this marriage was arranged. Neither of them probably had any ability to actually decide that they wanted to get married to one another. It was something that their parents had, had come to an agreement with. So the groom's parents had undoubtedly paid a bride price for Mary. And this contract between Joseph's family and Mary's family would be immediately binding. 
But over the next period of time, they would have very little contact with each other. In fact, they would go through a period of time where there would actually be a a testing of fidelity that would take place because families wanted to make sure that both parties were, were, uh, were, were sexually faithful leading up to the marriage relationship. In the book of Luke, it records that the angel Gabriel appears. And here's what he says to Mary. He said, you will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. And he goes on and he says, and your son is going to be the Messiah, the Savior of the world. What an exciting thing to hear. And yet Mary's response is, how in the world can this be? Because I am still a virgin. How is this even possible? I look at Matthew chapter 1 and verse 18, there's just one little segment of words there that I want to focus on. It says, before they came together. What does this really mean? It means that God is going to create this child into being. Imagine how afraid Mary was to tell Joseph what the angel had told her. What would Joseph do when he found out that his espoused wife, with whom he had a legal contract, but yet had not yet consummated the relationship, when he found out that she was already pregnant? How would she how would he rather respond? I, I, I wonder that if, if some of you that are listening to my voice, maybe you actually, um, in, in your earlier years, you found yourself in a situation like this where, where you had to have such a conversation and fear gripped your heart as a result of it. I imagine that Mary was afraid to share this news with Joseph because Joseph could say, hey, <clears throat> it's not my baby. It's not my baby. I, I, hey, listen, man, this is not my fault. In fact, the law, Jewish law, said that not only could Joseph walk away, but Joseph could have her taken before uh, the, the, the judges and that she could be condemned and that as a result of that judgment, she would be stoned to death how heartbreaking it must have been for Joseph initially to hear those words. In fact, when Joseph heard about it, Joseph was so um, broken up by the news that he decided that he was going to take action. He was a righteous man, and he wanted to, to step away from this relationship but yet he did not want to have her judged and stoned. So he thought to himself, I'm just going to divorce her quietly. We'll walk away, and that will be the end. He thought probably this was the only option for him to be able to, um, to protect his reputation. You see, if he just moved forward and, and married the young lady... Really, it would be an admission of guilt and that everyone would know that, hey, these guys, they've been doing things that they're not supposed to do. And that was something that just didn't happen. 
Joseph probably wondered to himself, what are people going to think of me? He might have even gone as far to say, you know, my character is is really going to be tainted forever. Let's look again at Matthew chapter 1, beginning at verse 20. It says, after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son and you will give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. I want you to know, those of you that have blended families, that Jesus was born into a blended family. Mary was his mother by birth, but Joseph was his father because he agreed to accept Jesus. Imagine that, that, that we, we have a savior who was born into a blended family. And if God's plan of salvation can come into the world this way, through a blended family. He can certainly work through your situation, through your family dynamics. You might be thinking, I don't need peace on earth and goodwill to men. I just need a little peace to come to my family. I just need people to stop fighting with each other and trying to to choke each other on a holiday. I just need a little peace in my family. I believe that, that God can bring a sense of healing to your blended family today. You know, maybe maybe you don't have the perfect family. Maybe everything is not right. As you look back at, at your childhood, maybe you can't look back and see grandparents who started these wonderful traditions and parents who picked them up and continued them on. Maybe you say we're, we're biologically, you know, we're, we're a family, we're whole in that sense, but, but we're severely broken. Maybe you're a blended family and you're struggling just to make it work. I hope that you have not dealt with some unrealistic expectations at Christmas. I know often we can do that. Maybe your Christmas was absolutely a disaster. And now on December 26th, you're sitting on your couch and you're watching this service and you're wondering what Christmas should really be all about. I want you to know that God knows. I want you to know that God understands. And I want you to know that he loves you. He has a plan for you. He loves your family. He has a prayer, a plan rather, for your family. And I'd like to pray over you. If you're seated with your family watching this service, I just want you to reach out and grab the hand of somebody that's next to you or maybe you could put your arm around them for a moment. But let's just close in prayer and let's pray for our family, shall we? Our precious Heavenly Father, I thank you for those that are seated next to us. For those that are in the room with us right now, for those that that live with us, for those that are in our extended family, thank you for our families. Father, we realize that, that none of us have a perfect family. 
and, and maybe now at this time at Christmas, we're more aware of that than ever before, this, this lack of perfection. But Father, we realize you didn't call us to be perfect. You called us to love one another. And Lord, I pray for the one who's really hurting today because of, of, of unfulfilled relationships whether it's with parents or grandparents or siblings. God, I pray that 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 hurt, they would take it and that they would put it onto you, that burden that they feel, that they would unload it onto you and that you would be their burden bearer. Father, I pray for the blended family today that is struggling because Christmas has been so emotional and it has been a roller coaster ride. And there have been people that, that have been just, uh, uh, um, just neglecting responsibilities or maybe they've been trying to one-up somebody else. Father, I pray that you'll help them in this moment to simply take all of those disappointments, all of the, the aggravation, the frustration, and that they would lay it at your feet. Father, you have ordained the family relationship. And I pray, God, today that we would would move forward from this moment thankful for our families and, and prayerful that, God, you would bring healing to our family relationships. Father, I thank you today for this moment to speak into these hearts, to speak into these minds. And I pray, Father, that you would bring healing. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I want to say thank you for being a part of this service today. It has been a joy to be with you. We'll be praying for you. I pray that the rest of your celebrations over this holiday season are, are wonderful. I hope that they are filled with the joy and comfort that can only come from God. I hope to see you very soon here at Silver Creek. We'll meet, be meeting again next Sunday here in person as well as online. And we thank you for joining us. God bless you. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year.